lovers, you are in for such a treat. We are here with the Renly May from episode 121, Nasty Porn iPad and a Wingasm Awakening. <laughs> Renly May, what has been happening in your life since May 2021? So much. Oh my goodness. Well, 2022 is really when we talked about opening our relationship and like exploring with other people and I have taken action. So, you know, the pandemic, you know, calmed down enough to allow me the opportunity to get to explore with other people. And we started in 22 with swinging. We tried to dip our toes in the swinging pool. We met a couple and we tried it out. My partner, my husband, is not as adventurous as I am, we'll say. Okay. So we began with parallel play. So we're both playing in the same room with our respective partners. But then the ladies got to play. It was not as enjoyable for me as I expected because she personally identifies as heteroflexible as opposed to like bi or pansexual. And so she was not particularly interested in exploring my body as I was interested in exploring her body. So it was an interesting start. Wait, but how did it make you feel? Tell us just like a little bit of details. It was incredible. It was incredibly hot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Watching someone have sex and like we were in the same bed, like so having sex next to another partner was incredible and making eye contact with him while he came and his wife was incredibly empowering. It was, cool. <laughs> it felt really naughty in a wonderful way. It was fun. It's very hard, we discovered, to find a four-way attraction. So where each person is also attracted to the other person. And so after, you know, we had a, a couple encounters with this couple. Then my husband was, you know, said, you know what? This is not my thing, but you go do your thing. And... It's a long story as to where his comfort level lives, but to sum it up, he is comfortable with me exploring with women. That's where his personal boundary is. And we have a discussion where, you know, I want to be able to respect his choices and I have chosen him as a partner and I want, I choose him above my other needs and desires. And we've had long discussions about that, like, you know. If my desires outweigh, you know, my desire to stay with him, then, you know, we'll reassess things. But right now, my needs are being met by my explorations with women solo and then still having my intimate relationship with him. So after the swinging episode in 22, I started getting on the apps. And I'm going to tell you the apps because I always am curious to know what People use, so I got on Her, and I got on Field. Her seems to be more popular in my area of Tennessee, and so that's where I've met most people, and I have had the opportunity to have sex with five different partners now since last summer, and I finally met somebody who I consider, like, my match, <laughs> not matching like a yeah. emotional way, but like 
in a physical way, like what I'm desiring in the bedroom, she is providing that to me mm. and giving that to me and allowing me to explore things that I haven't been able to explore with other partners or other partners haven't been interested in. A true play friend. Absolutely. I have really been wanting to get into more BDSM and some rougher things, and she's providing that. And I've always been more dominant in the bedroom, and I have really taken on the role of like dominant and it feels I enjoy wearing a strap yes a strap with have you ever used it used a double-ended dildo that has a bulb no part but on I the want end? to no I haven't used a double-ended dildo at all because I have never like other than with hands I've never penetration fucked a vagina owning partner like I've never been or actually I got fucked by one, but I haven't been the giver. I've been the receiver once in a in a threesome. But like I want I want to explore this world so bad. So please tell me about the bulby thing and tell me about this double ended dildo. Like tell me tell me everything. <laughs> so I used it once with another not my new regular play partner, but with another woman that I had sex with. I used it once with her and I recommend using a harness while wearing it. So like it Technically, you would not need one, but I do not know anyone who could have a pelvic floor powerful enough to hold that in (laughs) while (laughs) thrusting into another person. So wearing your harness, your strap, and then you feed it through. And so the bulby end is kind of just like a big bulb, but it's more ovular. Wait, I think I know what you mean. Wait, like it's like here and then there's like a nose basically. I think I did use yeah, one so, of those. <laughs> yeah. The bulby part goes so. inside you. Okay, but I had a hard time using it. Okay, so that one I actually used on a penis-owning partner and was trying to fuck him in the ass with it. But, like, A, it was the first time I had – like, this was earlier on in my experience level of sex. Like, now I'm like, oh, where is that thing? Let me go try it again. But I didn't know how to steer. And now now what you're saying, I'm putting the pieces together. I'm like, yeah, it. I wish I had a strap. Yeah. Yeah, you really need the harness portion of the strap <laughs> to hold it firmly. But it's really fant- it's it's a really fantastic toy. And the one I have, the penis part is bendable. And it doesn't it doesn't wiggle freely, but like yeah. you can bend it and like keep it in position, uh, which is lovely. And the bulby part is bendable too. And so just inserted that and then used that through the strap and it feels very powerful to wear a penis and no wonder men feel power all the time when you're walking around with this thing that can like penetrate people like it's an incredible feeling it really is look at yourself in the mirror (laughs) while wearing it have you looked at because i'm very visual and i always like to ask people if they wear a strap on like have you looked at yourself with a cock on do you have any pictures of you? Oh, with I have a cock totally on? walked around the house with it, like <laughs> just just to wear it. <laughs> Great. That's amazing. <gasps> Absolutely. The first time I used it, I was not able to achieve orgasm, but I have learned the best way for me to wear it is when I am like penetrating her not doggy style, but where she's lying on her stomach. Yeah. Flat doggy? Flat doggy, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call it. (laughs) Flat doggy, because then I can get friction on my clit, like by pressing up against her. Oh, ooh. Yeah. So it's pretty fabulous. Amazing. And then you can feel the boobies still, and it's all still delicious. So Also, like, I just had a threesome yesterday, and it was so fun. Ladies are so... (laughs) 
soft. Their skin is so soft. Their lips are so soft. And I know I say this all the time, but every time I touch one, I'm like, oh, wow. Um, like it just feels extra special. I would love to hear more about what it's felt like to be exploring and uncovering dominant parts of you and like exploring it in this way. It feels very freeing to be able to express myself in this way. And so the person I'm with now also identifies as more dominant, which is exactly what I was looking for in a partner because after playing around with four other women, I really figured out that what I want is like, for lack of a better word, like a battle for control. Like <gasps> both of us are like, like it's, it's rough and we're both trying to like please the other one like to the fullest extent. And so I will be like enjoying her pussy and like down in there with my mouth and then she'll push me over and flip me over and she'll she'll take a turn and like it's it's we're both just like wanting to dominate the other one so intensely that it's it's very passionate That's and so it's hot. it's a pleasure it is, it is. it's a pleasure battle of pussies <laughs> and it is so soft it is true i feel the same way like every yeah. time i'm with a woman it's just like oh they're so they're so soft in ways boobies, that they're so nice oh yeah but in a way, I've never experienced a man. Like, they just don't have the same kind of softness. I love the curves of a woman, just like every inch. And I also really enjoy the length of the sessions that I get to have because the women I have been with tend to enjoy sex for longer, longer. like for a longer session than the men I, I feel you. I really feel with. you. So. I, I've met a handful of men who like longer sessions personally. I'm like, just touch me longer, just touch me longer. That's amazing. Wow, wait, so are you having like hours long pleasure battles? Like what's, or is it like talking, resting? Like, is it like waves? Like, I would say, so <laughs> the current situation that we're in, she is a bisexual married woman and I am as well. And so what? it's, um, yeah, both of our partners are consenting and, you know, they know that, we take this time to enjoy each other and it is scheduled. And I know lots of people have problems with scheduled sex, but what? I you enjoy it. I love something yeah. to look forward to. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I like a sexy surprise. If I only get sexy surprises, then I start to like try to clear my whole life for sex and then I don't do anything and then I panic. But if I know that, say, on a Friday, the podcast has come out and all I get to do is like celebrate, it's so hot to look forward to a date. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And to text, you know, sext each other before like leading up to it and like talk about what we're wanting to do. And it just it's the build. It's foreplay. And yeah, yeah, it's so good. So we get to see each other. I don't know, once every three weeks or so. And from the time that we meet up till the time we go, it's three and a half ish hours. But we usually don't beat around the bush. <laughs> we we pretty much just get right to it. We can't keep our hands off each other. So like the minute she walks in the door, like we're making out and things are already starting. So it's pretty fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> when did this start? Because we're going to look at your sextrology in a little bit. And I'm just curious. I want to make sure that we remember to think about this. With her in particular? Mm-hmm. I think it was in April or May. Okay. But we we met up a number of times before we ever did anything physical, just mm. to make sure that, you know, it's somebody that we could trust. And 
especially in the area of the country that I live in, it is not, for many people's careers, it is not something that, that they would want to be public knowledge. So you have to really vet the people got it. that you know, you're going to be meeting with so got it, got to know it, that it. everything's going to be safe. So, Oof, That's a lot of stuff to think about. But it sounds like you <laughs> you got through the like oh, the bureaucratic logistics of finding a lover, and yeah. damn, now you're just part. That's so cool. Wait, so Dublin to Dildo? Are you other toys? Like, what else have you explored? Like, is it mostly like the dynamic, like the power dynamic? Like, what what sort of conversations are you having? I like to talk a lot about like what I enjoy physically and what the other person enjoys. So part of the power is like I want to be the best pleaser like I want her to leave thinking this is the best sex session that I've had in you know however long or maybe ever you know let's we could shoot for the stars (laughs) and so I want to know you know like what are you feeling today and what are you wanting and I personally do my best work when I have verbal feedback from somebody so I Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be spending 10 minutes doing something that just feels mediocre. Like if it's not giving you the chills, if it's not taking you there, if your arousal is not continuing to grow, like I will shift. But so far we've played with, like I have a Wartenberg wheel. We use that. She has some floggers, some whips. I have a spatula I like to use. Like a (laughs) Wait, which kind of spatula? But there's different kinds of kitchen, like a flipping one or like a frosting rubber scooper one? A frosting rubber scooper one. I guess yeah. we just call this rubber um, spatulas, but. <laughs> <laughs> a rubber spatula. <laughs> yeah. I love how it love feels. Those. Like, yeah. Yeah. and this one is slightly concave like a spoon, like yeah. the whole way yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <gasps> so it's like clapping on you. Oh, I haven't tried yes. one of those. Wait, what does it feel like? Have you tried it on your own self? Well, I let her spank me. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. I also really enjoy pain. So like I want to give pain and I want to receive pain. So it's the continuation of that battle, that tension that, I don't know, I want to be bruised and I want marks. But right now she's a little timid. We're working our way up. We'll get there eventually. I feel you. No, I get it. I have a partner right now who like, I'm like, yes, I love it when you pulled my hair like that. You could do a little harder. You know, he's just getting comfortable like grabbing my hair and like when I'm on his cock too. And I'm like, if it's a little bit harder. Mm. <laughs> My ultimate that I've not been able to get her to bite hard enough. I want like bite marks like on my breast. Like I just want it to be like encircling my nipple. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. I want like teeth marks there. How may I ask if it's comfy for you to answer? How do you think your husband would feel about that if you came home all bitten up by your lady lover? He would probably be like, wow, you really went to town, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes being with her, like the idea of it turns him on. And other times he's like, yeah, you just go do you. So Okay. 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 I don't know. How is that for you? Is it scary ever? Or is it like just like you guys are finding your groove? No, yeah, we're finding our groove. Like, is it scary that he's uncertain? Is that? I don't know. I just, I'm really used to being... I guess like five to a thousand times more excited than anyone I'm around, but it's like sad sometimes. And I wish that other people were like excited with me, you know? So one of the partners I have right now is so excited and that's why it's so fun. And that partner is very supportive of all of my 
whorish activities, shall we say, you know, and they're turned on by it. And that, like, I love that. And I know that it's different when people have, like, lives built, but I also don't personally know. So I'm just like, what's your experience like? (laughs) Sure. So I have great sex with my husband, but it's very different sex. And so I feel incredibly fortunate to have found a partner that is understanding of me wanting to explore because many people's spouses would not be understanding and would not be okay with this. I feel incredibly lucky that I guess there's no other way to say it. Even though he may not be excited for my explorations, I'm excited and the person I'm seeing is excited. And so that's what's really important. Like he never has negative feelings about it. That's nice about what I'm doing. That's good. Okay, so he's not going to get mad. That that was my original question. It's like, if he sees bite marks on your boobies, will he be jealous? So it sounds like, are you feeling like satisfied with this one lady lover? Are you like, oh, I would like to have more pussies more often? Or it sounds like the process of finding it was a lot of work, maybe. Oh, goodness. Yes, it was. I felt like I was looking for something very specific. And yeah. even though I'd only physically slept with five people, I met up with many, many more. And, you know, just, you know, it wasn't a good fit. Chemistry, you know, know, the chemistry wasn't there. You know, the the attraction wasn't there. Vibe, like it just, we weren't vibing. And I had a very hard time finding people in general because I tend to be more attracted to people who are more mask representing. And typically the the type of people who present in the way that I find most attractive tend to be lesbians. And at least the people who I've met who identify that way, no one has seemed to be looking for a casual relationship. They Got want it. a U-Haul. Uh, relationship. And yeah, U-Haul, like the very stereotypical. <laughs> I, I, like, I learned this joke. So now I know, but I didn't understand it for a while. But I heard people talking about lesbians and U-Haul. It took me a while to figure out that was like a joke about commitment. Yeah. How quickly it happens for that yeah, community, yeah. stereotypically. Yeah, they were they wanted someone as a partner in the traditional sense, you Got know, it. to be in a relationship with. Okay. And that is not something I have the bandwidth for at this time. You have your own traditional relationship already. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in a polyamorous relationship. Like, I don't personally have the bandwidth for polyamory. I don't function in that way. The emotional bandwidth that I have, like, I have so many people in my life I care for already as friends, but also calendar is also a part of it, too, I suppose. I I think that's the number one reason I wouldn't be, like, regular polyamorous. I'll never be not in an open relationship. If I'm ever in a relationship again, I'll be surprised. I'm open to surprise every day. <laughs> um, I'm pretty, like, like right now I'm pretty resistant. I'm like, ha, ha, catch me if you can. Where's a good invitation? I probably will be bored. But I have a big, I'm kind of the opposite, actually. I'm like, I have a big love heart. I can love everyone. It's a matter of, like, I have no desire to be in a group of Google calendars. I have a hard time doing one calendar. And Kimberly has to help me with that a lot. Sure. I think a lot of it is a calendar, but... I think the other part is, I don't know if it's something that is, I don't want to say self-inflicted, but like, I don't know if it's my personal choice or if it's like a choice that also I've made with my husband. Love and emotional connection is a fear for if I were to experience that with another person, because I think there's a fear of loss of our connection or specialness or all of it. 
Yeah, or making it feel secondary too. I get very excited about things very easily, and I just dive in. I'm not like a dip your toe in the water type of person. Like when、uh, we were first exploring swinging, like I got on like three websites, and I was constantly like messaging people. Like I was ready to get going, and you know he was trying to pump the brakes. So I feel emotions very easily and very quickly, and so. This particular partner that I have now, like, she has her own life. She has, she has a kid. Like, she has a family, and I have my own stuff going on. And we don't really talk about like we when we got to know each other before we started hooking up physically. You know, I learned about her and got to know about her as a person, but we don't talk much about our lives outside of our sexual acts. Okay, really, not even like pillow talk or something. Not a lot, no, no. When we're、oh, to, like,、so、we will、hot. occasionally. <laughs> it kind of is. It's so yeah, hot. It's... I love that chemistry and connection is important. So then you're like, well, we got that. That's okay. We're on the human part is there. Now we're gonna do the human body part. You know, <laughs> like it's okay. But how do you measure that type of chemistry then if it's not emotions related? Am I going too deep into the weeds here? This is the type of stuff I wonder about all the time. Like our chemistry together physically, like if it's not emotionally based. Well, I guess I'm using the term chemistry broadly when I'm reflecting on just what you were saying a minute ago about you know dating the different people who are kind of you know it sounds like connection is part of it, but just not. It is. I don't know ongoing day to day. It's like the connection is now all the physical connection because you had the kind of like early intro, but you're not updating. Each other on like how you're evolving as humans. You're just,、uh, unless sexually. I don't know.、Um, I know very loosely like how things are going、okay. in her life, but I mean, we maybe send we message via two platforms. One regular text, which is just for like vanilla, like oh, I remember like this life change. It's a big life change. Like hope that's going well. Okay. You know,、Got、blah、it. or. Holiday weekend. I hope you enjoyed your holiday weekend. You know, we may say like, "Oh, we're good. We're taking a trip somewhere," but we don't go into details about how the trip was or like how our professional lives are going or what fun art projects I'm doing. Yeah, It's yeah. none of that. But then we also communicate on WhatsApp because it has end-to-end -end encryption, and that's where all the sexy talk happens. And that we communicate every other day or so.、Um, we both have busy lives, <gasps> okay, and so. Okay. I think that's like a good hot frequency, especially if it's not my main partner type situation. I mean, I don't. I also could get flooded too, so I think that's cool. So there is there is some connection. I I also just never know in terms of like where my barometer is. Like I've definitely had you know kind of hookup buddy friends who are like yeah 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 no emotions, but then they tell me all their emotions, and most people <laughs> end up telling me their emotions, and then I'm like. Maybe I don't understand that word, or maybe I don't, you know. And I'm, I'm also in this phase where lately it's just been a slew of like, just reflections about how different I am, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a little bit the same, and I can't. <laughs> like, it's like, how do I? I don't know. Like, if I don't know how I'm different, then I don't know how to subvert an expectation or be like. I'm just like, what is it like when I'm not there, though? Like, what's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Like that's why I started interviewing people because I'm like, well, what's it like in your world? Though, what's it like regular? If everyone's telling me different, so I don't know if anyone's regular, right? But here's my question: Do people walk around telling you you're different all the time? Because I'm like, what? Because I I literally sit here and I'm like, 
Maybe everyone tells each other they're different, and that's how they say special likingness to each other. I hear that I'm different in a lot of ways. Not always, but in a okay. lot of ways, I am told that I'm very different. I don't know if it's the same as yours, but my brain works differently than a lot of people. And I don't have the type of filter where most people have a filter. Like, I just say most things that are on my mind all the time. <laughs> I try not to because that would be too much. I would not stop talking, but I think I can relate. Oh, I'm so excited. I haven't looked at your chart yet. And I'm like, where's the air? Where is the air? There's air. Where's the water? I hear it. Okay. <laughs> so much air. Oh, I know where the water is. I don't know where the air is. We're going to find out. I also want to try all the things like novelty is super important to me and Same. trying new things all the time. And I think a lot of people enjoy routine and I love routine. Same. I'm a consistent novelty seeker. I'm the, I am the most consistent novelty seeker you will find because I have, I have incredible routines and every few weeks, you know, I, I whiplash my life around and I go different places and I do work that, you know, I'm doing the same kind of work. I'm doing like sexy photos and sexy interviews and all of this stuff and I'm traveling and I'm lately I've only been traveling to the same places. Like it's like I'm here, I'm in Nevada. Oh, I'm here right now on the family farm. I'm in LA. I'm in Nevada. And you know, this next year I'm going to go more places, but it's like having that consistent container to then like have a wild party. And I think you're doing perfect. Or, or what's your version like? It sounds like maybe that's that's me projecting on to you. I feel like my life is pretty great right now. I mean, it could always be amped up, but sure. I would love to do a sex party, but they're just not happening in my area. That is something I would love to explore. <sighs> I feel so. you. I feel you. I've been exploring. I, yeah, there's just such a specific type of vibe that I want. And I know there's afternoon stuff out there. There are a couple in L.A. that I haven't hit up that I want to go to. And it's just been schedules. But I'm just ready for you to create. I know. I know. So I know. I, I know. can come to I that know. one. Actually, li literally this week, one of my lovers was asking me about that. And I was like, you know, because we have some fantasies that include group stuff. And, you know, <laughs> they were like, don't you know people? And I was like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I guess this is the time where I could do the party. I think in 2024, I, it's not going to be before the end of this year, just because I already know what my calendar is like through the end of this year. And in 2024, I intend to have at least a couple of weekend retreats and at least a couple of sex parties, you know. And, and in my perfect world, there is like a week long retreat where I'm just recording a fuck ton of sex stories. Do you know what I mean? And like and then yes. taking pictures of people in the meantime and facilitating, you know, fantasy explorations. I just have to just make sure that I'm being really clear about what the invitations are, because I think the other thing that's become really, really clear, especially lately, since I started sharing more of my personal desires through bucket list stuff and since I started sharing sharing, you know, some more about what I'm doing in other places, the emails and messages have increased, like both in volume and creepiness level. And it's, you know, the, the amount of people out there who think that I'm just like, like, I don't, I don't know in what world. Anyway, I don't need to waste time and energy on that. But it's just like, who, who just emails? Like, what's stranger? Anyway, like a beck and call situation. So I want to make sure that I'm fostering a good environment when I do that. But it's so in our future. <laughs> 
I will book a flight. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. In my perfect world, it is a traveling circus. The play ship has a couple of play ships, and then I just go around and meet in places. So hopefully people don't have to fly too far. But I'm hoping that by January, I'll be able to like announce what's coming in the year so that people can plan it and then just go from there. So ah, we will see. Yes. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, you like got to a new horizon. And I think the thing that's really important to talk about with desire that maybe doesn't, there's not always space on the pod to talk about is oftentimes when we reach our desires or when a desire is fulfilled, like it doesn't always line up with what we think it's going to, it doesn't usually, it doesn't ever line up with what we think it's going to feel like. 90% of our nucleus accumbens has the dopamine motivation drive. And then it's like 10% that's, that's actually devoted to the liking or something like that. I don't know. Go read Atomic Habits by James Clear. You know, so getting getting to that place now, you sound like you're having a fucking fantastic time. Does it shift your horizons? Or are you just in a moment where you like are enjoying it? Or are there other things that are like calling to you? Well, for a long time, I was afraid that what I was seeking, I was not going to find <gasps> because I kept having those encounters. And I was like, well, this is not feeding the need I was hoping it would fill. Then I found this particular partner, and that was excellent. So right now I'm in a place where I'm just very, very happy just continuing on the path that I am. But as I am that novelty seeker, I know that this is not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be complacent here for, yeah, I don't know how long, but like it's not going to be never ending. I really want to get into more BDSM acts, but I don't think this partner is somebody who is like, I really want to go down that hardcore, that hardcore yeah, yeah. road. You need a pain slot. Um, Wait, like what? Wait, or what do you mean? Yeah. Like, like what kind of hardcore? And giving and receiving or only giving in this case? Yeah. Right now, giving and receiving. Okay. Like, I really enjoy both sides of it. I feel like I'm very truly switch. I really probably enjoy giving more, but I think that's a control issue. Like I oh. like to, because I like to be in control. 
but I really enjoy feeling the pain. Why do people think submissive? No, but you are in control as a submissive. I'm like, how could I be more? <laughs> Maybe I don't have a good dom. Interesting. Maybe Interesting. I need a good dom who knows what they're doing. I don't know if this is an appropriate time to make this segue, but I'm going to do it because I relate to what you're feeling. I had my first experience just last week of now I've been developing my top skills for the last couple years in kind of a concerted way. But I had an experience recently where I basically got to be kind of a protege to a very trained dominatrix, you know, who has the skills, who has experience working. It is Mistress Luna, former guest on the pod, who is one of my favorite humans. And it was so incredible because not only did I get to borrow her submissive, who is a very like experienced submissive and is able to, I'm like, oh my God, is this me in 20 years? Because they were able to like talk while receiving a fuck ton of pain, like pain slut level pain. And so it was really cool because I was trying out a slapper, like the thing that has the two little things and then like another tiny little paddle with a is that called a paddle skinny paddle i need to learn the names of everything and then spanking and so i've been receiving a lot of spanks lately but this was the first time where i was like oh shit because she showed me how you can throw a leg up over them on this spanking horse and so you know with the with the things on the side and then i ended up mounting like facing the other direction mounting the submissive and i had permission for full weight you know and and i'm checking in and i felt the switch, if that makes sense. So like in my work life, I'm always in charge and I do it effortlessly. When I am directing a scene, when I'm directing a client, when I am bossing around Kimberly, when I'm talking to people, like I'm really, really, really good at holding space for people and being like, bah, 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 at the airport, at jury duty. Like I'll tell people what to do anywhere. Little kids come up and ask, <laughs> like I'm just like an authority figure for the world. I don't know why. But in sex, I feel like every single person feels like a brand new, wide, deep unknown. If anyone out there is like, why does she ask people the same questions over and over? That's why. Because I I do not have the assumptions and I think of it as like a lack of confidence sometimes, but I actually have an incredible amount of confidence in my skill, knowledge, and ability to keep someone safe. So this was a moment where I was on top of this person slapping and spanking and just like, and I felt an actual rush of joy, not just because I was doing it for that person, which normally when I'm in top space, it's a deep, deep, deep service submissive, like yummy thing for me. Whereas this started to feel more like, oh my God, this is fun for me too. And it was so fun. Mm. It was fun for them. So, so I don't know what that's unfolding, but I think I'm feeling my own version of that. And so it's so cool to hear you like exploring yours and, you know, and I continue to gain skills and I am gaining my two-handed blogging skills. And it was so funny because I could feel the insecurity at the beginning. You know, I can literally feel it in my body. Like I'm very, I'm hyper aware of everything and I can literally feel how the movement is insecure, if that makes sense. Did you have that for yourself when you were like getting into stuff or were you just like, I'm going to go for it? Like, what did it feel like to you? It sounded very confident when you were telling us about it. It feels very confident. Great. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, that, that's helpful for me, like, barometer-wise, too. Did you already have that confidence? Or is it, like, permission because you're in this space to explore? Or was it you're just like, no, I know? She actually asked me the same question. She's like, you're just so... It's going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn. Please do. But she's like, you're so good at this. She's like, how are you this good and you haven't been with that many 
people. And I was like, I think what it is, is I know, and every body is different. Yeah. Physical body. But I know what I would enjoy. And so I I try to, and I listen to what other people want to, but like, it's especially nice to do it on a woman because a woman's body is very different from a man's body. So like when I'm touched in certain ways, you know, or I will say to her like, you know, like, oh, I really enjoy being touched here. You know, does this feel good to you? And to get those responses. And I don't know, I, the power thing, like, I I just, it feels natural. (laughs) I want to be very clear that I'm not questioning your confidence. I'm just like, what does it feel like from the other side when it's there? Because I've witnessed it in many other pussy owners too. And sometimes it makes me question my own pansexualness because I'm like, if I'm not that confident, then maybe I don't, you know, like if I'm not like, I want to like have your pussy right now. It's for me, it's like I spent the last decade like squashing down my horniness and then the last five years being like, oh, I don't, how am I supposed to hold space here? This is a made up zone. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And now now I know in some cases. So I really appreciate that insight because I'm a person that is like, well, I know what feels good on me. And now I have anecdotal data about what feels good on a hundred other people and like actually a hundred other more over there, you know, and so, the, so then I'm True. like overthinking yeah. it. However, I will say I've been studying this month because <laughs> I have been doing my masturbation meditation exploration. So I actually am 10 days into edging when we're recording this. I have not had an orgasm in 10 days, probably for the first time since I discovered masturbation. Like I don't, I've never, ever, ever consciously taken a break. It occurred to me on a whim late Thursday night and I was like, let's do it. What's going to and it's been a wild, interesting challenge. And last year's sponsor, OMG Yes, I still have their login info. So I've been going through all of their stuff. And there's another one coming up, Beducated, who I really like, where I think I'm going to get into their stuff and just sort of see what they're teaching. But the OMG Yes, just looking at all the different ways that a pussy can be touched, there's some stuff that just didn't occur to me. It's really interesting. So now I'm like, the threesome I had yesterday was what I didn't get to play with her pussy that much. So I really am looking forward to having a pussy owning partner where I can just like go to town and experiment. Oh, that sounds so so exciting. So one really interesting thing is that I found that I like to be a top with my husband and when I'm with men, but I don't like to be submissive to men, but I don't mind being submissive to women. Which is interesting. Oh, ooh, ooh. So. Is there anything more to say about it? I, I have n- no idea other than just like, like it's just my internal way of fighting against the patriarchy. <laughs> May I offer a counterpoint as a happy submissive who really wants to submit to everyone in the right context? I want to bring a context point because I think for me in my personal life. I'm trying to think. I'm like, all right, I really haven't submitted to that many men. (laughs) Uh, A couple. But I think it's giving womankind a gift to make them do the hardest work. And I think it sets a level of expectation of behavior that were that normalized. I think a lot more pussy owners would enjoy maybe some like laying down some of the holding of the stress that we carry. Mm. Because I actually think personally, in my personal experience, being a top is a fuck ton of work. I feel like there is some training that maybe needs to be happening 
across the land to make it more broadly appealing. But I think it's about giving penis owners the tools that I don't think we currently have as a society to create safe, thoughtful spaces where we might want to actually more broadly be like, yeah, okay. You know, and again, I'm saying this with all of the privilege of a person who no one has ever done anything to me that I didn't want. And part of that is because I've fucking yell at people when they get really close, like really, you know, or, or, you know, I have that, that way of being like, what are you doing now? <laughs> you know, like, and I think, you know, that's also why my, what used to be the best sex of my life totally fell apart because I was like, these aren't the bound. What are you doing? What are you doing? And as soon as I started questioning and as soon as it starts poking someone, it's like, then they explode. That's I, so if that's the case, I totally get that. But I think there's, deliciousness in uh I think also what I have learned both from some reading and from research and work stuff I've been doing lately especially a lot of the like erotic content creation that I've been doing especially when I'm in charge holding space is I really notice when not just dudes not just ladies everyone loves to feel useful they love to have a job they love to have a clear job and i just wonder if we if we were a little bit clearer on some of the expectations around that like the world might change you know i hear from a lot of lonely dudes that are like women and i'm just like yeah but what are you offering are you offering a safe space are you offering an invitation at all are you offering a good invitation is there any information about you are you just like hey why don't come to burning man with me no I'm not going to just show up to go meet a complete stranger who didn't even send a picture or tell me anything about them or send their LinkedIn or offer me any sort of anything for my time and energy for a two weeks. So glad I didn't go. Sounds Ooh. like it was a fucking muddy disaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, which is not to say, it, uh, and I hope none of that comes off as like judgment around, I think you definitely should not submit to me. Like, and I know that from a lot of vagina owners don't want to submit to dudes. And I also just think it's like, we need to make them go out and hunt because mm. they feel happy and they come back and then they're useful <laughs> instead of whiny and bothering podcasters as if I'm some secret. Blah. I'll get off my rant. Do you want to look at your astrology? Let's do it. Okay. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up? Embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, 
Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. So, here we are, looking at your natal chart. So, Renly May. Ooh, you're a fifth house Capricorn, son. I'm also a fifth house son. So, fifth house is the house of artistry, and your son is your main, you know, that's the astrology sign everyone knows. So, you probably knew you were a Capricorn. Capricorn is... Usually they're pretty good at schedules. They're usually pretty solid. It's an earth sign, you know, so there's like, I said I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it. You know, Capricorn is the sea goat. So it's, it's actually a feminine sign. So it, she is the sea goat that crawls out of the ocean, goes to climb the mountain, gathers the wisdom at the top of the mountain, then goes back down into the valley and disseminates the information and then like finds the next mountain to climb. And so it is a sign of like achievement and career. You also have Jupiter the planet, just to jump ahead to your planets, usually I do sun, moon, rising first. But like in your fifth house, seven degrees from your sun, you have Jupiter, the beneficent planet who's basically like a big Santa Claus, like a magnifying glass cheerleader, for better or worse, also <laughs> in Capricorn. So that could be a lot of rigidity, but also it's in your house of artistry, creativity, play, children. The fifth house is associated with the qualities of Leo. So there's like the generosity of mm. spirit of your artist heart. So... Are you rigid? You also have Neptune in Capricorn, but that's in the fourth house, which is like, do you identify as like very concrete? Yes. Grounded? Yes. Are you like always on time? I am always on time. And I always, I live by my (laughs) schedule. Like I live by my calendar. And if I don't write it down, I have trouble sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I I really feel that I, my first house is full of Capricorn, three planets in Capricorn together. And it's like Uranus, Neptune. And Saturn, so it's like the revolutionary, the dreamer, and the daddy energy. So it's like, for me, it's jangly. Okay, so sun, a Capricorn sun. Let's find your moon. Oh, a Cancer moon and Virgo rising. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, so Capricorn is Earth. That's in your fifth house. Your Cancer moon. So moon is what comes naturally to us. It's also where we revert when we are crinkly, shall we say. Mm. It can be pretty moody. It can also be like unconscious and like mama related stuff. So yours is in the 10th house, which is typically the house of career. So it also might be like, yeah, work is on lock. In the sign of cancer, which is also like cancer is the opposite of Capricorn. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. So so you're in opposition. You have that built in. So your sun is here, your moon is there. So you have kind of the like you know, like the archetypal father and mother, like Cancer and Capricorn both have strong qualities of both. And it sort of depends on how you want to like, I could make a case for either being either, but typically Capricorn is like Papa energy and Cancerian energy is mama energy, but both are extremely like career oriented achievement, financial science, but Cancer does it from this place of soft underbelly. Mm. Like Cancer at the height of its power is Like the world is my family and I am here to build the lighted house in which we may dwell, you know? And also if you poke a cancer, cancer moons in particular can be a little bit crabby. They can be a little bit grumpy. Although I would wonder how that shows up for you since you have earth, sun, and rising. Sometimes, sometimes one can be so grounded that you don't necessarily get lost in the like pinchy, crabby, grabbiness. But um, what do you like when you're tired and hungry? Oh no, I am incredibly moody and I switch on a dime. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Switch and I'm totally there. But I will say you're talking about 
Cancer and Capricorn being opposites. Truly, my friends call me a juicy contradiction. That's how they describe me because I am I am Ooh. both thing. I am like opposite things of so much of my personality is I am very fully both things, but opposite. But I'm never in the middle. Yeah. I relate to that. Oh man. Okay. Well, we've got some juicy opposites. Okay. So I want to go back to what I said earlier. There's no obvious error here. <laughs> There's no obvious air. We have a we have a loaded third house, which is the Gemini house, which is air. We also have oh you oh, oh you have Mars, the warrior, in Pisces, which is the deepest feeler in the seventh house. I have Mars in Cancer in the seventh house, so that's just like a deeply sensitive warrior in the house of relationship. So the third house um, is associated with like writing and communication. You have Pluto in Scorpio and Saturn in Scorpio in your third house. So that's like deep transformational like communication that is whoa, yeah, that not even surface level. Do you have surface level conversations? Yes, but that's my favorite thing to do with my husband is just we just sit and talk and philosophize and pontificate and that's how I like to spend a lot of my free time. That does not surprise me at all. Because So Mercury, your planet of communication, is in the sign of Sagittarius, which is fire. You know, so we, so we all have, obviously we all communicate. But in the third house of communication, you have Pluto, which is the like slow moving healer. So yeah, it's at four degrees. Where is it now? Okay, so since you've been born, it's only moved two houses. Oh, and it's now moving through your house of artistry. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Sorry, let me slow down. <laughs> let me slow down and focus. So Pluto is the healer, but it's often like through transformation via death <laughs> or like, you know, like Pluto ha can, can have this like really intense energy because it's the slowest moving, farthest outlying. Not everyone calls it a planet, but we still love you, Pluto, you know, and that's in your house of communication. So it means and it's in the sign of Scorpio and Scorpio is sex, death, money, going deep. Heidi Rose Robbins always taught me the phrase for Scorpio is warrior am I and from the battle I emerge triumphant. Mm -hmm. So it's someone, you know, and so so I also have Pluto in Scorpio. For me, it's in my 11th house, which is the Aquarian house. So that for me is a sex podcast. <laughs> it's where I like want to go deep um, to heal the world and like, but like with technology and like talk about it. Um, so for you, it makes sense that you would want to talk about it. And they are not conjunct, but you also have Saturn, which is daddy energy. Saturn is the it's authoritarian. Saturn is regimes. Saturn is associated with Capricorn. And so, so it has that not rigid quality, but Saturn is the teacher. Where it is in your chart is where you can grow the most. And it's like literally deep communication because it's in the sign of Scorpio and it's in the third house of communication. Like Scorpio doesn't always want to talk either, which is interesting mm. that you have the warrior of because it's also a water sign. So it's like, can be like below the surface, you know, sneaking up there. It doesn't always want to talk. But it, I, I imagine that you probably, you know, you said you have these conversations with your husband. And it sounds like maybe you would need someone that you trust to have a deep conversation with would be my guest based on those placements. Then again, Mercury in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the new. Sagittarius follows Scorpio. So you have Mercury and Uranus. Uranus is the revolutionary, the rebel, the one that likes to shake things up. Both of those are in Sagittarius in your fourth house of home. 
So also, so that's novelty. So that is novelty. And that might be a person who also, you know, even though you have that intensity in your third house of communication, your planet Mercury of communication in Sagittarius there at 23 degrees is probably going to be super curious. How does that show up for you at home? Like novelty seeking? Do you guys explore or travel together? Like what shakeup happens in your life around home and family? Around like physical home? I'm always doing new it can be both. I always yeah. am doing a new project like around the house. Like I'm always wanting to make something new and it's about a lot of creation and I shift our pictures on the wall around a lot and our furniture and I was going to ask about rearranging. <laughs> I'm a rearranger. I cannot help it. I have to rearrange constantly whenever I feel like. Yeah. I like to travel. We don't travel a lot. It can also be learning, travel of the mind. I mean, I like to learn new things, but I don't like to dig in. I don't have the patience to spend too much, <laughs> too much time to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Become an expert. No, no. Sagittarius is not the patient one. It's just like, let me try it. Let me see. Let me yeah. see. Let me see. You know, like uh, Sagittarius and Gemini kind of have that quality of like. I mean, Gemini is more of a researcher. Sagittarius can show up in higher education or like devotional learnings, like priests and things like that. But like, that's not necessarily our path. I call myself a hobby hopper there you go that yeah yeah i mean because because also uranus is like the earthquake and uranus in sagittarius is like the revolutionary explorer in the realm of like home and family in the fourth house so it doesn't have to be across the world and i think i think that's the thing too it's like i'm so curious but i can get curious about every little thing i have to be careful about where i focus my curiosity or where i give that kind of attention and energy mm. Um, so that's very interesting. What about Neptune? So your dreamer is also in Capricorn in the fourth house, which is home. So maybe that is what grounds it, actually. You're like, yeah, 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 all of that's out there. But my dreams are actually really concrete and they're right here at home. That's so interesting. How do you feel? Do you feel like your dreams are concrete? Do you do escapism? I don't know if I have any particular, like I've never known what I wanted to be when I grow up mm. and like I've never had like a ultimate goal of anything like right now traveling is restrictive based on like our chosen career paths but my goal is to not work so that I can do all the fun art and I want to learn all the skills to you know produce all the different types of art that I want to learn and I want to go to all the amazing places to eat all the great food. I mean, but I don't know that that's Oh, yeah. I don't know that's much different from most people's dreams is to not have to work for a living to be able to do something you just enjoy. So I mean, some of us are so obsessed with our work that if you try to take it away from us, you, but um, someone you know. But I could also argue that <laughs> I could also argue that like all of my work is fun art projects. And now it involves sex. So it's like, why would I do anything else? <laughs> um, and yeah, and includes delicious food. On the note of delicious food, we do have your north node, which is kind of like a mini rising sign at the top of your chart in Taurus. Oh, there's the air. Oh, Gemini's at the top of your chart. So you're just like here to have a conversation, but it's going to be a deep conversation depending on who it is. Um, you know, so at the, I forget what it's called, Midheaven? I think it's the Midheaven. It's not your rising sign, which is like your sole purpose, but it's more just like 
how you show up in the world and kind of like what, you know, like what you're here to bring forth in, you know, it, it rules your 10th house cusp. So it also can oftentimes have to do with your public life or mm. career. You also have Chiron, just to jump ahead, we're going to get back to Venus and Mars, both in Pisces in the sixth and seventh house, respectively. But Chiron, which is the wounded healer, it's an asteroid that we don't always talk about, but I do because it's like your own personal wound, but you can help others grow there the most. You know, so for me, for example, I have Chiron in Cancer in the seventh house of relationship. So it's like my own personal wounding around like creating family and connection and like that soft, squishy group in relationship, especially. But what am I the best at? What am I the best at helping other people with? Like really unpacking their own sex lives in so many ways. Like the numbers of times that I've like helped other people and I'm like, what about me? But it's like literally written in my chart, you know, and I have um, I have all the tools for that. So you do you have any pain points around communication or anything that is difficult around communication, especially in the realm of career? Connecting to my career, maybe, but like not, com- not oh. I don't particularly feel connected to my career. Kind of, I've never known what I want to do and I don't particularly feel like connected to it. It's just like a means to make my living. Yeah. Which by the way, is not a bad thing. It's taken me a long time to accept it. We live in a culture that is like obsessed with who are you, what do you do? And that's how we define ourselves. And that's been increasingly crinkly for for me the past couple of years as I'm like podcaster, photographer, other things that start with the letter P, <laughs> you know, because why why does that define you? But but I think it's actually, you know, probably in our human origins, I don't think we were defined by careers. So I, I would say that's perhaps a gift. Interesting. Great. I love that you're like, eh, not too many wounds. That's good. Okay. I think it's also useful to be able to be like, nope, this is what this job is for, if that supports boundaries. I definitely know people who are like, no, this job is for this, and they still get all tangled mm-hmm. up into it. But um, that doesn't sound like the issue here. So I do want to go focus on your Venus, which is what we value and what we love, which is the kind of like archetypal feminine goddess energy. And then Mars, which is the archetypal masculine warrior energy. For you, both of those are in Pisces, but Venus is in your sixth house, which is associated with Virgo everyday work, you know, so it's the work that you do every single day. It's like what you value. So Venus in Pisces is we're looking at perhaps someone who values emotional like oceans of love. Pisces is the ruler, like um, Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. And so it's like can feel and hold like there's space for everyone. Pisces is also the most prone to depression. I'm a Pisces moon. So I'm like, just put me in a hot tub and let me cry when whenever I when the full moon is out and I'll be fine. You know, <laughs> it's it's very deeply sensitive because it understands everyone. So you, I think, based on this chart, would value the ability to have deep feeling maybe in your everyday life. I don't know. Very much. Valuing sensitive dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mars, because then, because it's it's beautiful to me that, because also you're a Virgo rising too. And so that Virgo is priestess energy. Virgo is the discerning eye that looks around and says, what can be better here? What is there to harvest? What do we need to plant differently next year? You know, and the catch with Virgo, not so much as a Virgo rising, because as a rising sign, you're here to cultivate that. But whereas like with cancer, it's like, ah, you get all grumpy. Virgos can get hypercritical. And oftentimes that can be focused inwards and or outwards, you know, and and the two really aren't so different, but people express them differently, right? So 
for you calling it in as your rising sign, it's, you know, it, devotion can show up in multiple ways, right? It's about giving as well as receiving. Because what what are we to a high priestess? Hopefully devotional to a nice priestess. Um, you know, and also being a priestess, we are devotional to something else, some the higher power. Mm. So it creates kind of that gift. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful and grounded in um, oftentimes associated with healing arts, but it's like grounded in the earth. You know, it's what are we nurturing? What are we growing? Um, and so that so that's opposite your where your Venus, you know, because your rising sign there on the left at the nine o'clock position is opposite the three o'clock, which Pisces rules your seventh house cusp. So relationships, feelings are going to be important in your relationships because the seventh house is the house of relationships. And again, just like me, you have Mars in your seventh house, the warrior, but you have, I have it in Cancer, you have it in Pisces. So that's even more sensitive. <laughs> so would you say that you are attracted to sensitive dudes? It's a good question. It doesn't have to show up that way, but it like is how does emotion show up for you in relationships or like what you value emotionally? When I'm in an, an emotional relationship with someone, I want someone who can be fully transparent about everything. I want it to be a two-way street where we are both sharing our full extent of ourselves. I don't like surface relationships with someone I'm intimate with. The sexual thing with my new lady friend partner is very different, but when I'm in an, yeah. an emotional relationship with someone, I want them to be fully invested. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, sometimes it can show up like this. Mars can look like, what am I willing to fight for? You know, so it's like, I'm willing to fight for, well, it can show up a number of ways. I mean, Pisces also rules music, it rules photography. So like, I'm willing to fight for the space for my deep, sensitive creativity, even if it's quiet. You know, it's not necessarily a battle. Mars isn't always about a battle. It's like, what would I stand up for? And for you, it's like, what would I stand up for is the same thing I value because both of those are in Pisces. This is a really cool balanced chart because that's another good example of Pisces' opposite Virgo. So there you have, again, the opposition. Mm. You have the like Gemini at the top of your chart in opposition to the Sagittarian energy that's in your fourth house in Uranus and Mercury. Um, you have that the Scorpio. You don't really have a lot of Taurus balancing out your Scorpio, but you have North Node in Taurus, which means you're like, I got this. I'm just here to eat the good food and travel around the world to eat the good food. That's what I did. Oh, I don't think I said that earlier out loud. North Node in Taurus, ninth house is about travel and exploration. North Node in Taurus, Taurus is the sensual pleasures. So you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that all around the world. <laughs> and I also could see, you know, with Uranus and Mercury in the fourth house in Sagittarius, I mean, that's, you could go anywhere. And you could go anywhere from home, too, if that makes sense. Like, you can, you don't have to leave home to go places. Sure. Because we've got these brains and, and all this connection. Okay, let's look at your transits. Or do you have any thoughts that you want to say? I know I just blasted you with a ton of information. Very out of order. I, I'm going to have to soak that in for a moment. But um, I'm loving all of it yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so right now in the heavens... Let's just see what's happening. This is where I'm like, oh, I would look at my phone for help. And by the way, if anyone is listening to this, I'm not a real astrologer. <laughs> I just worked for one for a while, and I find this very fun, and, I, and I'm really fascinated by the patterns. Okay, so we have – ooh, this is the juiciest thing right now. Saturn is sitting right on top of your natal Venus. So if you look at the right-hand side of your transit by wheel mm -hmm. chart, Saturn is at two degrees Pisces, so it is exactly conjunct. <gasps> I think this is your play friend. 
because Saturn is dominant energy too. You know, and it's in it's in that sixth house. Now, this is not to say that it'll shift into any different type of relationship when Saturn enters your seventh house. I'm not saying that. You're already in a lowercase r relationship. It just exists. But I think it's really interesting that, like, you know, so Saturn is typically top energy, although also people with strong, like with Saturn and lots of Capricorn energy, you know, they maybe they want to be on either side of getting tied up kind of situation. It doesn't always have to be tied, but I just mean the power dynamic. Um, and so just seeing that it's conjunct on your Venus, which is the divine feminine, that to me is just kind of hot, especially since you said that you're exploring the BDSM yes. stuff there. That's really cool. <laughs> so cool. And then, yeah, Neptune. Oh, here we go. Neptune in Pisces has been moving through your seventh house of relationships. So it moves pretty slow too. So I'd have to go back and like, look, I don't have the software to like see when it entered there, but um, I'd have to get an ephemeris chart. But Neptune in your seventh house is the dream of the relationship because you're in the house of relationship. It's, it's the dream of like what types of emotions are for the relationships that you're creating and so it sounds like based on the conversation and where's your mercury oh mercury is just mercury moves quickly right now mercury just hit your rising sign so you know it's around it's in the first house and it's oh exactly opposite your mars so i mean it sounds like you talk to your partner a lot about stuff fun and then what is the conjunction yeah because mercury Damn, there was just a Mercury-Sun conjunction, so I think it would have been happening in your first house. I'd have to go back and look. It seems like you're in a new era. When do you feel like that started, this version of it? Well, long-term of this new era began, I think, probably in 2020 with the pandemic, but that's because we just started yeah. talking a lot about, you know, like how we were changing our relationships and then really dug into that. But I, that was it was more related to like what was happening in the world around us. But I think, yeah, last summer, like I when I really started exploring on my own. But like when I met this play partner, I think it was like May. That's when things really shifted. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. We have a beautiful trine happening between your natal sun and Jupiter your natal sun in Capricorn in that fourth house down below and Jupiter is in your ninth house right now. And remember Jupiter is the big, so it's just like a harmonious sort of like unfolding in a grounded concrete way of sensuality and pleasure. And we have Uranus in the sky right now. So transiting Uranus hitting your natal Jupiter. So there could be a shakeup, you know, it, it's, and it's coming up on your midheaven too, um, slowly. Like you have a few years before it hits the top top because Uranus is going to be in Taurus for a couple more years. It moves, it switches signs every seven or eight years. And are we four years into, I don't know. I should know this because uh, Uranus has been working on my sun and my Venus and it's going to get me one more time before it's all the way out. But something's coming for your 10th house of career because when Uranus moves into it, when Uranus hits your midheaven, there is always a shakeup. So if you, so, I would also say just knowing you a little bit and hearing what we talked about today, not being certain about career stuff can be the greatest gift because you're not clutching anything. And it means you can be the most open to possibilities that actually work mm. for you, however that looks. And, you know, all of this, in my opinion, our entire lives affect our sex lives, right? So like, 
I'm not that good at being like sexual. Oh yeah, let's see what your current Venus is. Cause Venus and Mars are really what we would be looking at. And I'm still learning to read all the aspects, which are trines and squares and sextiles and quintile, all the funny things I can't remember and pronounce. Oh, Venus is in Leo <gasps> in the 12th house. Oh, that's great. Okay. So Venus moves quickly, so it's not going to be here long. But like <laughs> that to me is totally just, it's you showing up here, expressing what you value in this passionate new relationship, but it's a little bit hidden because we can't see your face and nobody knows who you really are. And that is like, that is Venus in Leo energy. And I also feel like that's, I mean, to me, Venus in Leo is like, a dominatrix lion too <laughs> you know a secret dominatrix lion in the 12th house <laughs> um i that's just how i'm i'm that's my creative interpretation of that and then where is mars right now <gasps> mars and libra in the second house so that's literally like fighting for right relationship in a grounded way um and you don't have to fight that hard it's just like what you're willing to fight for so that's that's you know th and that's just where it is in like in your world mm -hmm. right now it's not hitting any of your planets it's not doing anything it's just kind of floating through doing its thing but it's it really sounds like you are in balanced relationships right now that are feeding you deliciously indeed feels delicious thank you <gasps> my pleasure do you have any questions about that or any questions for me i don't have any questions about the chart this is a a lot to <laughs> a lot to process in such a, i know it's a lot to process in such a good way and we can keep I'm talking about to... it too once I get it, I'm going to have to listen to it over and over again so I can, like, absorb it all. And there are probably even more details. And if you have specific questions, just let me know because there's, like, more stuff that I can, like, look up. I just hit the, the stuff that stood out to me without, without any preparation. You said you are edging right now and you're not orgasming. But did you ever do your masturbation vacation? No. Well, so this is kind of it, but I changed it because I am at this farmhouse for a week. And I was like, but I... I really blow, I take a tiny idea and I make it really big. I have not yet done like a full two or three days of masturbation, vacation exploration because I realized I am not patient enough to by myself masturbate all day long every day. I, I <laughs> am so horny and I like it, but if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be like, fucking for two days i really want to have a partner there like i really and for me edging for i said six to nine minutes because those are my numbers and i and i thought that was a good i thought that would be hard to do but actually it's they're more like 11 to 15 minute <laughs> shares you know also because I, I try to remember to remind people to breathe and have an intention at the beginning but i really want to get a sex toy sponsor before i do mm. it too like i want to figure out how to just get way more sex toys and play with them all like i have visions of just like lining stuff up in a row you know and so this is one of my patterns i had three people last week call me overcomplicated or like in kind ways but it's just various reflections of too muchness and i'm like well you don't need to wait around for me to get 17 different types of vibrators and line them up from small to large and you don't need to watch me try them <laughs> you know like that's that you don't have to be a part of this experiment go away <laughs> so yeah so no i haven't actually done it but i still i still do intend to you know and also you know i'm always trying to figure out what is actually the priority but basically what happened the first one i got a tummy ache and didn't want to masturbate the mm -hmm. whole time like i just felt sick the second time i ended up bringing a friend and it turned into a place exploration exploration vacation and it was uh and we we ended up i ended up doing a different project but that sounds great 
I had a bunch of bruises that week. So that was part of it too, is like OnlyFans pulled some of my content for having bruises because it was too much bruises. So so I was like, maybe I don't want to like make stuff that I can't share. I don't know. Um, but we ended up face painting my bottom and she turned the bruises into beautiful clouds. And, it, you know, so that was that oh, was part fun. of what we did. That was very, very fun. You know, so that's that that is not like a masturbation edging experience. But for me, it's a very, very like deliciously sensual thing. Like I love feeling a tiny paintbrush mm. on my ass cheeks for a while. I mean, I just love sensations. Yeah. So that's it's still on my horizon. And I trust the divine time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of painting, one of our local nonprofits is for women with breast cancer, and they raise money by having artists paint on women's chests. And then they photo- uh, <gasps> then there's a volunteer photographer, and then they get them printed and framed, and then they have an auction for them later on in the year. And I've always gone and like supported them, but this year I decided to paint for them too. <gasps> Um, And then at the very end, I had my friend paint me and she (gasps) painted one of my designs, which was, it's like this like very abstract vagina. She painted it on me and it felt just felt so, I don't know, full circle. It was really cool. That's so many like layers of delicious. Yeah, it's fun. Oh my God. Damn, Renly May, thank you for your updates. Thank you for joining me live for your sextrology. I just appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, Wyo. 